Hi guys, my name's Jason and this is the UK Money Podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things money, personal finance, investments, just generally how to manage your money better and how to get ahead financially. Now, I am a financial planner, but it's really important to note that on this podcast, I don't provide financial advice. I'm just going to be providing some information that will help hopefully allow you to or steer you in the right direction for managing your own money a bit better. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see I'm, I'm very casual today. I've got a couple of weeks left until Christmas, uh, and this is my last week of, of full-time work before I have a couple of weeks off. So I'm in, I'm in casual mode, heading into Christmas mode, but still happy to jump on here and, and, and do another podcast before we, we get into the break. Now, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the first thing uh, is risk versus volatility. Now, these two terms are used quite interchangeably in financial planning circles, in investment circles, and I'm guilty of that as well. You know, I often um, use the word risk when I'm talking about volatility, but actually they do mean two different things. So today I want to talk a little bit about the differences between those two um, and which one you should be paying more attention to when you're looking at how you should be investing your money. That then kind of flows on to the second thing I want to talk about, which is the volatility of the housing market. So one thing that often comes up when I'm talking to prospective clients about investing is the comparison between the share market, stocks and shares, um, and the buy-to-let property market or the rental property market. When you have an investment property, um, there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of differences to how that works from an investment perspective. And, you know, I make no secret of the fact that I'm not a huge fan of buy-to-let or investment properties um, as, a, as an investment for a number of reasons. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that in this episode today. That is something that I'll probably will cover in a, in a later episode. But today I'm going to talk just mainly about that, that price volatility. Because one of the things that people will often say to me when they're looking at comparing shares versus the housing market is that housing is safer that it doesn't lose value, that it's a more stable investment. And that can appear to be the case on the surface, but um, today I'm gonna to cover why uh, it's not necessarily the case. So as I always say, to make sure that this podcast provides as much value as possible, it would be great if I could get some questions from you and get some feedback from you. You know, the more questions I get, the more um, tailored I can make it, the more I can be coming back to you with stuff that you actually wanna hear. So, um, all my contact information information is in the show notes, my email address, but you can also find me on all the different social channels as well. So I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I've got a YouTube channel, so I put these videos or these podcasts rather, I do record the video and put that up on YouTube. Uh, I, also do, I also do like smaller videos on YouTube that are um, you know a bit shorter um, on, on different topics that I don't necessarily talk about in the podcast as well. So please head over there. That's um, Jason Mountford, UK Money TV. Um, and please do get in touch. Ask me questions. I'm more than happy to be able to answer them as best I can on the podcast. So for now, let's just get into the episode and we're going to be talking about risk versus volatility. So as I said, the terms risk and volatility are often used kind of interchangeably. So as a financial planner, when we talk about uh, how much risk somebody is prepared to take with their investments, most of the time what we're actually talking about is how much volatility they're able to put up with or be prepared to put up with. And the reason for that is because, um, well, let, let's sort of talk about the two terms uh, individually first. So volatility, volatility, let's start with that one. What does volatility actually mean? Volatility is basically the amount by which an investment fluctuates in value. And there's a lot of like technical terms you can start using around that, like standard deviation, um, 
you know, how much that um, varies around the mean or the average, but really it's just how much it moves up and down. So if we consider um, a, a bond, a UK government bond, a 10-year bond, the level of volatility in that is going to be fairly low. You know, you've, it's backed by the UK government. You know at the end of that 10-year term, the government's going to pay you back your money. So the price of that or the, the value of that investment can fluctuate depending on what's happening with interest rates. But at the end of the day, there's a limit to how much it will fluctuate because at the end of that 10-year term, you know that you're going to get your money back. So we would say that the volatility from a bond or investment like that is quite low. On the other end of the spectrum, if we look at, say, a small tech company or a small mining company, those kinds of very small investments can be incredibly volatile. So, you know, imagine a mining company, um, really small, they've got a couple of drill rigs and they hit uh, pay dirt, so to speak. So they, they do some drilling and they see that there's the ground that they've, they've got the rights to looks like it might have, have a lot of gold in there that could skyrocket the price massively. You know, the price could go up two, three, four, five, six times in a very short space of time. What can then happen is they do a bit more drilling and actually they realize that the ground doesn't look quite as good as what was initially thought. And actually the price could then come crashing down quite hard as well. So because that price can move up very quickly, but also down very quickly, that's an investment that we would say has a high level of volatility. Now, they are two, I guess, quite extreme levels uh, sides of the spectrum. But generally, when we're talking about investments, um, we're talking about investing via a diversified portfolio. So you'll have a certain percentage of your investment in shares, you'll have a certain percentage in fixed interest, maybe a certain percentage in property-based investments, a few other alternative asset classes. And overall, you'll be very well diversified. Within that level of diversification, there will be volatility depending on how much of your money is in growth assets. So if you have 90% of your money in shares, we know that shares can move up and down quite a lot. They're valued every single day, every single minute. The price is moving up and down very, very frequently. So if you've got a portfolio that's got 90% in equities, that's going to be quite a volatile portfolio. It's going to move up and down a lot. On the other side of the coin, if you've got, uh, say, only 30% in equities, and the rest is in cash and fixed interest and things like that, then the volatility in that portfolio is going to be quite uh, a lot less. So the, the bulk of that portfolio is made up of, of bonds and cash, like I just said, which aren't very volatile. So there's not going to be as much uh, fluctuation in the value of your portfolio on a day-to-day -day basis. And as an individual investor, volatility is only important for a couple of reasons. The first reason is just how comfortable you are with your investment because you need to be comfortable uh, with it to be able to ride out that volatility. So if you are a, uh, a very nervous investor and you invested in a portfolio that was 90% equities, that's going to be very volatile and it's probably going to make you really uncomfortable um, a lot of the time. Now, the worst possible situation is the, that portfolio is very volatile. Let's say we have, like we had earlier this year with the coronavirus pandemic, we had a really big drop in stock markets. If you're not comfortable with that level of volatility, what could happen? The portfolio drops 20%, you panic and you sell your investments. And what you're doing there is you are selling down your investments at a loss. And for an investor, that's one of the really key dangers of volatility. Um, and one of the reasons why, as financial planners, we, we explain that it's very important that you take the right level of risk for you, for your attitude to risk. Because, you know, all investments will fluctuate, 
but it's really important that you're prepared to stay invested through those volatile periods. The other reason why volatility is really important for a, an investor is due to the time frame. So, you know, again, essentially uh, when you're looking to, when you're investing in, in growth assets that can fluctuate, you what, really the, the, the worst situation you can have is if you are selling those investments when you shouldn't be. So that we've just talked about the fact that that might be because you're uncomfortable. The other reason might be because you just need that money. So that's why the second thing that we really look at is um, on top of how comfortable you are with the level of risk, what your investment time frame is. Because if you're investing for a two-year time frame and you invested in a 90% equity portfolio, you might actually be really comfortable with the level of fluctuation. You know, it might drop 20% and doesn't bother you. You know, that's fine. You, you, turn over the, the, you turn over the news and look at something different. But where that could still become a problem is if you need access to that money without having the right time frame to ride out that volatility. So if, for example, you are saving to buy your first property, buy your first house, um, you might be comfortable with that, with that fluctuation, but your time comes up for the two years where you're planning to buy that, buy that house. And actually, that means that even though you've been perfectly comfortable with it, you're still having to sell down that portfolio at a loss potentially, you know, if it's dropped during that period. So volatility is really important. It is something to be mindful of, but it is, um, it's only a problem if you're, going to be a, if you're going to have to sell when you shouldn't be selling. Because if you are diversified enough, um, volatility isn't necessarily a problem in and of itself. You know, if you have a long enough time frame and you, like I say, you are diversified, the volatility doesn't really matter. You know, if you're looking back at stock markets over the last 20 years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever, if you are looking over a long time frame, there have been a lot of fluctuations in the value of stock markets over that time. But even so, the broad trend has always been upwards. Now, there's been big periods and big time uh, frames where it hasn't gone upwards. But if you do have a long enough time frame, that has always been the trend over the long term. So, you know, that's why when we talk about volatility, like I say, it is important to keep keep an eye on, uh, important to be aware of what it actually is. But if you've got a long enough time frame, it doesn't really matter. Now, actual risk or pure risk, on the other hand, does matter. And that's because really the difference between volatility and risk is that risk is actually something where your portfolio, your investment could lose you money without you having to sell it at a bad time or without you having the right time frame. So, you know, one example would be, I, I spoke about a mining or a tech company before. So if you're investing in a single company like that, if you're investing all of your money into a very early stage company, not all of your money, but you're investing some money into a very early stage company, there is a very real risk that that company could go belly up. That could go bankrupt and you could lose all of your money. And that's not necessarily an issue of time frame. You know, we all know that there are companies out there that just fail. You know, they fail, they go down in value a lot, and they never recover. So when we talk about actual risk, that is a big difference between the level of volatility. And really, the difference between those does come down to, to diversification. Like I say, if you're investing in a single uh, stock or a single share with a single company, that could have both. It could have a lot of volatility, but it could also have a lot of pure risk as well. If you're diversified across hundreds or thousands of different companies, and there's some big companies in there as well, then that will likely be quite volatile. 
but the level of actual pure risk is going to be much lower. And actually, the interesting thing about risk is that it's not just shares that that applies to as well. You know, if you're not diversified, actually, even supposedly safe and secure investments like bonds can actually carry a lot of risk. I've seen this quite a lot with clients where um, they've invested into into bonds or into not gilts, but into like bonds, corporate bonds, especially that appear really attractive. Um, they have a really attractive interest rate. There was one just recently I saw a client that was offering a 7% return over a three-year term, so 7% per annum. It was a bond, essentially, so it was a loan to this company, uh, and they were a finance company, so they were then taking that money, lending it out um, on like unsecured personal loans and things like that, and then passing the return back to back to the investor. Now, that is likely not to be necessarily very volatile, because the price of that bond, it's, it's quite a small bond. It's probably not going to be priced that often. So on the face of it, in your, in your portfolio, it's probably not going to be very volatile. But if you're lending your money to a very small company, the actual risk involved in that investment is reasonably high because there's a fairly decent chance or definitely a, um, a higher than average chance that at the end of that three-year term, that company could be going through financial difficulty. And actually, that might mean they're not able to pay you back uh, your initial investment at the end of that term. So again, that's an example of where volatility and risk don't necessarily mean the same thing. And basically, my point with this is that when it comes to investing, the most important thing with your portfolio is to minimize your specific risk, which we've talked about, and to make sure you're diversified enough because that, help, that, that helps alleviate that specific risk. And if you do those things, if you're, if you're not taking too much risk on a single investment and you are well diversified, actually the volatility doesn't matter so much as long as you've got, like I say, a long enough time frame and it can pass your sleep at night test if you're comfortable with that investment. When you kind of get your head around that, you know, it starts to make you feel a bit more comfortable with, t- with uh, having a bit more volatility in your portfolio. Because basically the more volatility that you are prepared or you're able to accept in your investments generally, the better the long-term returns are going to be. Now, this brings me on quite nicely to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was the idea of buy-to-let or rental property or investment properties. And one of the things I often hear from clients is that, uh, as I mentioned at the outset, that you know, buy-to-let property, that rental properties are secure, they're stable, they don't fluctuate in value, blah, 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 blah. Like I say, I don't really like buy-to-let properties investment. I think it's got so many negatives compared to portfolio investment. Um, with very few positives on top of it. So one of the things that I talk about is the level of volatility in the housing market. And really, in my opinion, the only difference between the stock market and the housing market in term, from a volatility perspective, so how much the prices move up and down, is the amount of times or how frequently those assets are valued. So if we look at the share market to start with, if we think of a, a big company um, like Google, for example, um, that's actually a really good example because of what happened today. So Google um, are a very large cap company. Obviously, they are traded very frequently. There's actually they're actually not listed as Google. They're listed as Alphabet, which is like the parent company of Google. But I'll say Google to make it simple. Um, their shares are valued every millisecond of every day, because a share is essentially or any investment, any asset is really only truly valued when it is bought or sold, because we can say that our our shoe collection or our watch collection or our shares or whatever are valued at X, 
But unless someone is prepared to buy it for X, then it's not truly worth that at this point in time. So shares are valued all the time because Google shares are being traded, like I say, every millisecond of every single trading day. So anytime there's any news that vaguely might impact the Google share price, it will it will move the needle on that. It will move the share price. So today, I said it was a good example because Google's actually down today. It's the first time that I've seen it in a, really ever, I think. Um, so I went to log on to YouTube and it wouldn't let me in. Um, I tried to uh, log into my emails, which was Gmail, wouldn't let me in. I tried to Google what's happening with Google. That obviously didn't work. Um, so Google was down. Now, I've not actually looked at the Google share price, but I can almost guarantee that that would have spooked people a little bit and Google shares probably, Alphabet shares probably went down a little bit today. Now, I think the problem solved, uh, sorted now. I've been able to get into YouTube in the last half an hour or so. So, you know, it's not, not a long-term problem. It's not a big deal. Um, but that happened and that impacted the, the Google share price. Compare that to the housing market, right? So if you've got a buy-to-let property, a rental property, an investment property, how often is that really truly valued? You know, even if you get a real estate agent out, you know, once every 12 months or once every couple of years, even then they're going to give you an estimate, but that's not a true market valuation. You know, how often do we see um, uh, houses go up on the market because an agent told you it was worth £300,000 and then it sits there for six months or 12 months or longer? You know, an agent valuation is a good indicator, but it's not necessarily a guaranteed market price. The only time you're truly going to get a, a true true value um, or a true um, estimate, sorry, not estimate, a true value of what a property is worth is when it is bought or sold, which isn't very often. So, you know, you can imagine it on the flip side, you know, if there was somebody standing at your at the front of your investment property and valuing it every minute of the day, the price would fluctuate a lot. You know, imagine you turn up to some the house to value it and the dog's barking next door. Dog's going mental. Well, no one wants to live next to a house that has a massively barking dog next door. So that would drop the price. The next minute, maybe it starts to rain. Oh, the weather must be rubbish at this house. Okay, well, let's drop that. The, the price has just dropped a little bit. Oh, hold on. Sun's come out. Blue sky. Oh, actually, the house looks quite nice in the sunshine. Price goes up a little bit. So all of these little tiny, tiny things would all impact the value of the property. But obviously, that's not how we value property. So it might be that you buy a house in 2012 and then you don't actually get it valued until three years later. And actually, um, that might be that uh, that might be a value that's not even achievable in the market. And, you know, often the um, when I sort of explain this, people will say, oh, yeah, but, you know, the house down the street sold for X. Okay, fine. You know, there's there's those opportunities for sort of valuation guidelines at more frequent intervals, but it's still not going to be a, a perfect science. Number one, m- you know, most streets don't have that many houses on them. So you're still probably only getting a couple of valuation points a year. No house is exactly the same. So, you know, they're all going to have different levels of finishes inside. They're all going to have different size gardens, different numbers of bedrooms. So it's really infrequent that you get valuations on the property market. So for me, when it comes to volatility, it's kind of uh, really, it just comes down to how frequently that, that asset is valued. So I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. If you're comparing potentially investing in a buy-to-let property 
to investing in in the share market or in a diversified portfolio, um, the volatility between the two is kind of, it's not necessarily, the gap isn't as wide as it maybe necessarily looks um, at the outset. And to be honest, uh, I guess one last point I want to make on that is that actually it's compounded by the way that we think about property prices. So um, I'm sure that if you haven't done it, you would know people who have tried to sell a property, try either whether it's their own house, whether it's a buy-to-let rental property, they've tried to sell it for what they bought it for or for a small profit, and they've not been able to. You know, the market hasn't been attractive enough for them. There hasn't been the interest there. In a lot of cases, what people don't do is just cut the price massively and sell it. You know, sometimes they do. Sometimes that does happen if people are, are really, um, really kind of forced sellers. But in a lot of instances, what will happen is people will hold on to that property until they make their money back. So you have this situation where even when there are, when even when there is volatility in the housing market, even when prices are dropping, people are much more reluctant to sell. And often that's because they have a mortgage. So you know you, you're you can't necessarily afford to sell a property for less than what you bought it for because it means that you're, you're, you're cutting into your own money. You might not, you not, might not have enough equity to pay the mortgage back, et cetera. So that's the other, that's the other reasoning behind um, why property doesn't appear as volatile as shares. So this is, this is a topic I'm quite, um, I'm quite passionate about because I think um, we've seen a lot of, we always see these um, TV shows that tell you how you can flip houses and make millions and um, how easy it is to make money on property. And I don't think it's true. I've seen a lot of people lose money on property in the past. Um, you know, we've had an investment property, a buy-to-let property, and it was a nightmare. So if you have questions about this, if, if this is something you'd like me to uh, do some more um, podcasts on or some more YouTube videos on, then let me know. You know, I'd really like to know whether this is a topic that other people are interested in or whether it's just me. So like I say, all my contact info is in the show notes. So please do get in touch with me. That'd be great. So today we've talked about the differences between risk and volatility, and we've also talked about the differences in volatility between uh, the buy-to-let, the rental property market, the residential real estate market, and the stock market. Um, and I think hopefully that's provided some um, insight as to, into how you should be looking at your own portfolio and the level of risk you're taking, the level of volatility you've got within there, and just whether that's kind of the right match for you really. Because you know when it comes to risk, when it comes to volatility, um, or volatility in particular, there's no, um, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what's going to be right for your objectives, what's going to help you meet your goals and what you're comfortable with. So I'd just like to say a really quick thank you to everybody who's listening into the podcast. Um, it's been really, um, really nice to see. I've, got, I've seen the downloads really start to tick up quite a bit recently. Obviously, only a few episodes in, so I really do appreciate the support. Um, on my YouTube channel as well, the views are, are increasing. People are watching it for a good amount of time. So thank you. Thank you very much. You know, it's great. I really, uh, really makes me feel good that hopefully I'm providing some value to you and some, some information that you do find useful. Like always, please get in touch with me if you have any questions and I look forward to, to uh, speaking to you next week. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week, I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship, and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. 
If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link as well as the links to all our other content at thehedge.io.